to holy armiger, a of starfire and sand, defiant captive, root and blossom of all life. I drink Rowena's potions, as your priests require. It sits heavy on my bones, but the flower in my eye buds without a bloom. A promise I fear won't deliver in my time. There is enough light in the afternoon to make a few moments out of bed worthwhile. Every day, the distance between desk and bed extends by a small mile. Today, as every day, I devote myself to the arrangements that must be made for your return. Your garden must be verdant, your voice amplified above all, your city faithful without exception. When you return, you will look upon my efforts, and though I may not live to see your renaissance, my children will gaze into your eternal fire and forget the fear of death. For this, there is no cost too great. I'm Sasha. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Sasha underscore Renault. You can find me here at Sasha the Hometerian. Uh, my pronouns are they, them, and today we're going to be playing some Spindle Wheel with um, Takuma. Hey, I'm Takuma. Um, my pronouns are they, them. My Twitter is at Takuma underscore Okada underscore. Uh, yeah, I'm online there. And Hunter, who is muted. God dang it. <laughs> I don't want to talk. I keep forgetting. All right, hello, I'm Hunter. Uh, I use they, them pronouns. I'm also bad at hitting my push to talk. And hopefully you can all hear me now. I'm not using it anymore. Mm-hmm. You good? All right. Uh, you can find me at Twisted Iron Ball on the internet. I'm everywhere and it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. A few quick things before we get into it. Um, the X card, uh, which I think most of us are familiar with, but I'll go over anyway. Um, so I don't think... Any of us have played Spindle Wheel together before? I don't know your boundaries, you don't know mine, so an easy way to establish those is when something comes up in play that makes you uncomfortable or you just don't want to play with today, you can say, oh, I kind of want to X-card that, or you can type X-card in uh, the Roll20 chat and we'll just like roll it back, replace it with something else, no problem. The other thing is that Spindle Wheel is prone to bleed because it's both tarot, which is really good for reflecting and projecting your circumstances onto the, onto the cards for like a different perspective, and Tabletop, which is really good for getting that distance with fiction. So it's very easy to, um, to project yourself onto these cards, which isn't a bad thing, right, to use your experiences and emotions, but it is something to be aware of because sometimes the deck will give you unexpectedly dark cards. And so if it ever does that and the card doesn't fit the tone of the story we were telling, feel completely free to discard it. With all of that said, uh, let's find out where we are. So I'm going to flip these cards and zoom in a bit. So these these five facets, center, bane, boon, desire, and method, make up our world. The center is like driving force. This is the local culture. This is the like ruler of the place. This is what the landscape is like. And for us, this is unbroken mold. Obscure magic made commonplace by industrial might, crossed by context, we can pull from both or either of these sides, bad blood, vitriol swallowed back by shame, a trap's jaws rusted shut, or to drink from the same poisoned cup as your enemy. Sounds like a rough world. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm excited, though. <laughs> yeah. 
Bane sounds much more fun, if I'm <laughs> honest. The Bane is fool, wide-eyed and open-hearted, unfettered by cynicism or context. We can flip these cards if we want. The inverse of fool is close-minded and stubborn, faith born of spite. Ooh. Our boon mm. is a bridge. A choke point, a shortcut, rope and wood haphazardly lashed. Our desire, what we want, is trickster, a mad god, thoughtlessly cruel, giddy with malice, or quick and clever, bane of the greedy, enemy of those in power. And our method, how the world intends to get it, is arbalists, stewards of the land who require sacrifice of blood and bond. Alright, so I think we have some like pretty easy connections to make here between like the driving forces of civilization versus the driving forces of this new thing, the land. Hmm. You could just bifurcate this whole thing. How do we feel about body horror? Really good. I am down. Because arbalists plus the like industrial thing makes me think like mass implanting like little magic plants. Ooh, neat. Yeah, dope. Into it. And like it was an endangered plant species. And then we know how to make these really quick. And then they grow really well in people. And that lets them do magic. Oh, I love it. I love it very much. God, that's terrifying. Yes, <laughs> corruption of nature. Let's do it. I'm down. That's a really good use of those two cards. So is it because people are like an easy growing platform that that makes the boo in the bridge the like the shortcut? Or is that Ooh. something else? Hmm. I'm going to be honest. I kind of like the way the Bane card is set up. And I just want to talk about like the Bane card to the left side of the, of the bad blood card. Mm. It's a very clear uh, dividing line to me. Uh, vitriol struggle back like shame. And uh, yeah, and that's, it's because of, a f so mm, hard to describe. So the unbroken mold is this very clear industrial force. And the idea that it is opposed inherently by like naivete is very real. Mm -hmm. And it's the level of real that I'm okay with because there's other combinations which would be also real, but in a terrible way, and I don't want that. <laughs> so what's the angle you you want for this one? Is it, like, people who are like, oh, we could have done this without the plants? Or, like, we could have planted this somewhere else? Hmm. Or, like, we, do, we don't even need magic, why do we bother? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think it's, like, that there are a faction of people led by someone who is a figurehead, someone who is great and beautiful, and etc. Mm -hmm. uh, unfettered by cynicism is the way I would describe this human being. And there's lots of people in the center who live under the status quo who want that and who, by osmosis of wanting that person, uh, also want all of these terrible ideas. <laughs> Quotation marks. You don't know who's actually good. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I like the idea that there is a faction coming up which is like, hey, maybe we should just get rid of all the magic stuff. What if no? Cool. And it's, it's sort of the opposite of these strange land worshippers. Mm-hmm. So, I'm down. So, their desire, being trickster, is that like the eldritch ending of the upright? The mad god, thoughtlessly cruel, giddy with malice? Is that like the level of power that they want? Or is it like the inverse of being able to make changes very quickly? With the quick and clever and the enemy of those in power? I, I definitely do not think that a status quo wants to like unfoist itself. Hmm. Or, I guess, voice. The idea that they are a that they are literally trying to summon a terrible mad god via the corruption of old beliefs is fun. Yeah. I like it a lot. It's an oldie but goodie. I'm into it. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. 
I'm just I'm just imagining like a great steel Stonehenge with like arcane runes carved into the making of it. Oh, terrifying boy! Fantastic. Alright, I'm gonna scroll down in the rules because I always forget the phrasing of it. It's good phrasing. Here we go. So the next part, we read the world's fates, which picture these as a glimpse into the history of the world. So we'll flip these one at a time. So this is Clotho. This is the catalyst that led to the current state of the world, which is very good, I think. Uh, Ferryman's Toll, a mysterious benefactor, a gold coin under a corpse's tongue. I think that the seeds of the magic plants were given as quote-unquote blessing by the Eldritch thing that we are currently trying to summon. <clears throat> That's the... Hey, can I also just say what the plants are? Because I have an idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's a motif which happens a lot in things, and sometimes it's done well, sometimes it's not done well, but it's a flower growing out of the right eye. Ooh. You give up your sight for beauty. That's It's the metaphor. <laughs> yeah. Does the flower depend on, like, the person or the kind of magic that they can do? I mean, that's dope as hell. So, like, I want to say yes. Cool. What do y'all think? Yeah, that, that's good with me. Uh, Lachesis is the current state of affairs. Huh. That's apprentice, bright-eyed, strong-willed, attentive, ambitious. Hmm. Which I feel like tracks. It's like, um, mm -hmm. taking these lessons from the old thing and trying to, like, build on them. And Atropos, the common-held belief of what's to come, is... <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, cool. yes, 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 good. A system Yo, dismantled, a ruling class deposed, a worm rooted out. I love that that card's called Deity, it makes me very happy. <laughs> oh my god. Also, now we're in, like, the industrial French magic revolution, and that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's not bad. Flower eyes, even? Oh, damn. <laughs> So, the world's Atropos is merely a prediction. It's a feeling in the air, a general vibe of what the future holds. It's not certain by any means. We'll find out at the end of the game if it came true. Mm -hmm. The next step is to pair desire with an event. So, the events are on the left here, these uh, face-down cards. The desire card is a card that you'll earn over the course of the game by queuing events. Events are scenes described by the event's name, like a conversation, a cataclysm, a gift. They start with the two cards that we stacked in the event slots. In this step, you'll pair your desire card with the event stack that best aligns with the plan described by your method card. When the event paired with your desire is queued during the game, you'll get the opportunity to narratively earn your desire card by playing on that scene. To set this up, answer the following question. Considering your method, which is the arbalists planting these magic-bearing flowers in people, um, and also the larger uh, requiring sacrifice of blood and bond, how will the world get its desire? Which is Trickster, the Mad God. I'll read through the events. We have an invitation, a wager, a challenge, a revelation, a conversation, an ultimatum, a trial, a duel, a cataclysm, a gift, a vision, a sabotage. So are we saying that, uh, like, will the world win over, or is it that something else occurs? Like, is that a, is that a narrative statement that we are making now? Is that the spooky future plant people is that they are like going to win the day and and like summon this terrible mad god or is this it's not a question of if it's a question of how okay cool so yes but how yeah i just want to make sure that like we are deciding right now that this is 100 percent happening this is going to happen well it it might not like that depends on play this step is just to configure like 
given mm. what the world is and how the world works, how how is it going to drive towards its desire during the game? It could be like an invitation of just like trying to open that door, but it could be as far as like a cataclysm, right? To trigger some great event to bring this thing into the world. I would say it's both a cataclysm and a gift. Like those are just <laughs> right next to each other, mm. and that's beautiful. Into that. I just I have this image of like a bunch of people gathered around uh, Space Henge, which is what I'm calling it now. <laughs> uh, and uh, they're all like chanting and it's like a festival and they've all been paid to be here and they're all having like a pretty good time. And then like the ritual reaches its apex and then uh, they start like being replaced by plant and like rapidly decaying. And then there's this like field of like terrible magic flowers and bones everywhere. And then the mad god walks out. So I'm going to collect these into a stack. This will be the Arbiter stack, which hmm, we should decide that now, whether or not this game is jammed or not, because it can be, but can also not be. How are we feeling? Okay, so what does the GM role do? So the Arbiter's deck plays on behalf of the world. So during the game, you'll take turns playing cards from the Arbiter's deck, assuming this is GMless, to simulate the world's reactions for your fellow players. When playing a card from the Arbiter's deck, include the world's characters and complications. Use it to introduce twists and snags into your characters' lives. Leave hooks for your fellow players and be careful you don't solve the problem just as you've introduced it. Um, yeah, that sounds great. Cool. So. Yeah, as long as you go first, because I'm not totally <laughs> sure how sure, this yeah. will go. But yeah, I'm willing to try. Happy to facilitate. All right, so down here below the board are three character sheets. So decide on, on which of these you would like and then flip it. And then you'll read it mm -hmm. um, the same way that we did for the world, except for your character. So the center is like yourself. Um, mm -hmm. I would like to take the last one because just like that's the camera order and also the roll 20 order. All right. So. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, I'll, I'll take the middle one then. <laughs> yes. I got ancient machinery abandoned in disrepair. Yes. <laughs> So, glad. okay, what the character wants most. Oh, that means an entirely different thing. I love this. So I can feel free to flip these if I want. Mm -hmm. Just like rotate them. Mm -hmm. Am I playing the mad god? <laughs> oh, that's a fine question. Oh, god, I think I am. <laughs> do you want to tell us about it? Or do you want a minute to read? I'm, I'm going to read through this and I'm going to arrange the cards. I'm going to rotate the cards as I please and then we'll see. Cool. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm yep. Mhm. Mm He's all track. I think I'm a fool. Oh boy. Uh, do you want to talk about your characters first, or am I gonna? Go I'm for it. I'm gonna do that. All right. Cool. So I believe I'm playing the Mad God. The Mad God uh, desires the ancient machinery that was abandoned in disrepair that would summon them to this world. Mm -hmm. And. The one thing that can stop them is a song from the old country, an ancient uh, ritual of, I forget what they were called, but let's just say the spooky plant people. And that is going to be constantly working against them. Uh, they believe themselves and the way they have gathered so many followers willing to just put plants inside of their eyes <laughs> is because they are a narcissist grasping for fame. And everyone really just enjoys that whole thing. Basically, the Mad God is currently trapped inside of a statue. And uh, there was a time where they once had an opportunity to enter. There was the ritual. It was prepared, but they did not answer. They were not there on their side of the ritual, and they have regretted it forever since. However, this year, there is an abundant harvest. 
and then the Leviathan card, which is like, I mean, pretty obvious. Uh, the Lonely Aria will just reveal the bad god's true form, which is a mindless hunger, a tireless machine, crude oil burning in seawater. Like, literally all of those things. <laughs> awesome. Takuma, do you want to read your character? I don't know if I have it completely figured out yet, but... Um... I, can, I can go if you want a minute. Sure, yeah. Okay, so I'll be playing the fool. I am an affable hermit, a professor lost in thought, crossed by a river babbling in a familiar voice, muffled words without meaning, or common bells turned from furnace to songbook. I think it's the latter. I think that I was at one point a high priest of the Mad God, and the flower that I planted in myself doesn't, like, it's not a flower, it's, it's some sort of other thing. I'm not sure what that is just yet, but it does not resonate with the other followers of the Mad God. And this is the, like, false positive of, like, I can still do magic. Um, I'm saying that these flowers are a misdirection, mm -hmm. and we don't need them, and we also don't really need the Mad God. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is a tapestry loom, the mainstay, the cornerstone, the common thread in a complicated plan, this has been ingrained in our society to a point which is very difficult to unseat. Mm -hmm. What I want is uh, Spitfire, Pluck and Moxie, Ace Pilot, Tamer of Beasts, which is... I, I recognize that there is no slowing down this process. I mean, there's no stopping it. There might be a little, some slowing down of it. It's going to happen, but I can, I can control the conditions in which it does happen. And when the Mad God does manifest, it can be in our favor. The Tamer of Beasts part, right? All right. <laughs> if that's all right with you. Mm-hmm. And the way I'm going to do it is Volcano, a dormant goddess, a cooling island lush with sprouts, a season of peace, what with the flowers and whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have the arbalists, like all of that knowledge behind me, and I know how to use it. So that's the fool. Great. I'm excited. I'm excited for you to attempt to, uh, <laughs> like, really just guff up my ritual. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so jazzed. I'm playing a... Unarbalist, I guess? Phoenix wine, alchemist's fire, and a crystal decanter, a wrath portion and contained, crossed with the magician, smoke and mirrors, an entertaining liar, misdirection, and sleight of hand. I'm helping to propagate the plants, helped by a gardener, a florist, a teacher, using thank oil, which I think in this case is a fertilizing potion of sorts, which literally a sweet tasting poison. I think it is actually sweet and it is harmful to humans, but it helps the plants grow and makes your magic stronger. Mm. What I want is, I think me and this person I'm working with know the risks of this, and we want to make it out alive. Like, I think we're working on something that'll use this potion and also not end up killing yourself 30 years early. Um, mm -hmm. And I think what's working towards my downfall is Glacier. I think I have this recurring nightmare of just a frozen wasteland where nothing can grow, and I'm not sure why. Mm. Oh! <laughs> Thank you. Excuse Thank you for giving me this gift. <laughs> I appreciate it. Very good. Using our method card, we'll pair our desire with an event. Mm. So for me, I think it will be a sabotage. So I'm going to stick that there. All right, well, it's very obvious what the angel pairs with, and it's with a cataclysm. <laughs> I'm going to say I might put Survivor on Vision. 
hey, real quick, could you just restate uh, the survivor card? Like, uh, it's relevant to your character. I just want. Yeah. Well, I I know I'm working um, with a very limited amount of time. Like, I know that this thing that we're doing is going to kill us, and I need to figure out how to make it not kill us. <laughs> so now we'll read our fates. I'll go first, just as an example. So, Clotho, how you begin for the fool is Tinpenny, a sacred tenant ridiculed, a grim bond forged without kindness or warmth. This is definitely, like, the fool leaving the church. The image here is probably, like, issuing the, um the potion so that they can like stand up for most of the day and the flower in their eye slowly wilting um, or the plant in their eye slowly wilting and their followers doing the same. Lachesis, how you are. Scholar, scrivener, documentarian, insatiably critical and curious or overwhelmed and underpaid, dispassionate and sleep deprived. I think it's the vertical. I think it's, um, I am spending a lot of time with the ancient texts and with other writings, um, figuring out loopholes, trying to find ways to get around the absolute dominion of the Mad God. And Atropos, how you will end. This is the last card you will play. Overgrowth, a resurgence of life, (laughs) nature reclaiming abandoned places. That'll be fine, I'm sure. That won't be a problem. Beautiful. Your characters of Atropos may seem like a glimpse of what will befall them at the end of the game, but in practice it won't be a passive fact that happens to your character. Playing your Atropos is your swan song, your final move. It's the card that you'll play to end your story, and you decide what it means. It's important, then, that you don't play it by accident. Keep your Atropos card on the table in front of you until you're ready to play it. So I'm going to stick this over here, and the rest of these cards go into my hand, along with the uh, the, the remaining facets. Uh, Takuma, do you want to read your fates next? Sure. So do I pull those cards from this deck here? Mm-hmm. Okay. Poppy Flute, how you begin. Take command of your audience with a kind word and a catchy tune, or a few discordant notes sour the ear to the symphony. I think this is the vertical, the take command of your audience with a kind word and a catchy tune, which I think was just like what I was doing before this like fertilizer project was, hmm. I think I was an inventor with like, the kind of inventor who doesn't make, like, things that are necessary but are useful. Like, stuff that made your life easier. Like, something that made the food taste a little better. Something that made your your dishes easier to clean. Like, really inconsequential things, but useful things. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was a really good snake oil salesman, so to speak. So that's how that began. Until I hit on this. How you are. Priestess of calming presence, a reality grounded. Yes, yes. <laughs> Crackling with power, mired in blood, melancholic and distant. God, those are both so good. Huh. <laughs> I think I'm going to flip this one. Nice. Uh, I think I've been pushing this too far. I've been drinking too much of this potion, and I've been doing weird magic things that probably shouldn't have been doing. <laughs> I suppose how you will end. Oh, a snake head eating the head on the opposite side. Hey, can I just say this matches up perfectly with, uh, what is it called? Uh, it was it was the bottom card. The method? Yeah. Yeah, it was the fool's method. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Shit. Fantastic. <laughs> okay, so I take these first two and put them with the rest of these cards into my hand. All right. Hunter. Uh, great. So I just draw from the main deck, the mm-hmm. base deck. All right. Hmm. 
Hmm. Interesting. I'm gonna try. I have to. I have to interpret this. All right. So I have either the choice of uh, sheltered and fearful, seen and never heard, expected to suffer lightly, which is good. I like that a lot. Master of statecraft, coy and clever, wealth beyond gold and land. Hmm. I think I'm gonna go for uh, what it is right now, which is uh, sheltered and fearful, seen and never heard, expected to suffer lightly. Very clearly, I was put into this curse by a family member, an old god who is not seen or heard anymore, who is probably uh, the fool's method. Hmm. Like, that just makes sense to me. Or, like, it's the fool's method or it's our mutual parent hmm. or something like that. You know, someone of close relation to me uh, has really guffed me up right now, and uh, it's a bad, bad time. Uh, I'm definitely not the head of the household. That's not true. Uh, I'm definitely the cult leader, defender of the homeland, enemy to outsiders and dissent. All right, great. Yeah, well, I mean, that's very clear. I am the figurehead of this terrible, terrible church. Mm. And uh, the only way I will end is uh, a curtain thicker than the absence of light. And that's, uh, I mean, that that maps very clearly to my being the Leviathan. Mm. Excellent. So you'll keep your yeah. post on the board or in front of you and then take these two cards and then the rest of your facets into your hand. All right. So your hand is your character sheet. It'll draw into it to describe how you feel or change, and play from it to describe what you do or say. A card does not have to keep the meaning it had when you first got it, and you can play your cards in any direction you like. So we should give ourselves some names. The names that we currently have, the like the the fool and the mad god, those can can work just fine. I'm gonna pick a name for my character so I don't have to call them the fool all the time. Um, mm. Which is uh, Parthenon. All right, is there a generator I can look to that would give me just, like, good names? Yes. There's, I usually use fantasy names generator and just, like, click randomly. <laughs> All right, great. I'm going to do that. Give me a witch name generator. <laughs> witch name generator. That's the best. <laughs> oh, I want that, too. God, now that you've mentioned it. Ooh, there's a steampunk names. I can go oh, for that no. One. Let me, get, let me get some of these terrible steampunk names. Oh, God, these are all so bad. I don't want these. Never mind. Oh, boy, howdy. Hmm. Go to a random generator. Here we go. Roman names. Oh, yeah, Armager. That's what it'll be called. That's an excellent name. I'm going to go with Rowena. Nice. Yeah. Next is Entanglements. The player characters' lives are tied to each other by partnerships, debts, responsibilities, or dumb luck. To make an entanglement with another player, declare who you want to have a tie with. Each of you play a card from your hand that describes what binds them to you. This is what I need from you, what you want from me, why we can't avoid each other. Exchange these cards into each other's hands. For Rowena, I think... The common bells turn from furnace to songbook... I, I recognize your like abilities, and I think that you could you you could help more than you are. <laughs> Ooh, speaking okay. of uh, Rowena, I think the reason which you are a terrible, terrible thing to me is that you hold the lonely aria B- by okay. like pa- being passed down by oral tradition. Uh, you know the song from the old country. <sighs> yep. Huh. Like, you've just heard it. Like, you don't assign any meaning to it, but it exists. It's yours. Cool. Hmm. So is this just one? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, it's one card. You can make more than one entanglement. Ah, uh, I like this. Except flipped. 
right. So single fiery feather poisons the supply and turns the sea to glass. I think the more I drink, the closer I feel to the mad god. Oh, fuck. Okay, so what is the intended effect of the phoenix wine? Like, it feeds the plants and it feeds your, your magic power. Um, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Excellent. It's your drinking mana. I love it. Yeah. I love the mana is fire in this world, because that's a great metaphor. Holy <laughs> shit. So what a good metaphor. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, uh, Parthenon, uh, you you have been led away from me by the princess. Huh. I guess my sister. Hmm. I think that's the character we we have created via these cards. I think that's what's happening. Okay, the dormant goddess. Yeah. Cool. Um, that's her. It's also me, I guess. <laughs> I think for you, you are just like completely unavoidable. Um, oh fuck yeah! Mainstay cornerstone. It's I I begrudgingly acknowledge that this is this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I love that. <laughs> Rowena, do you have a card for Parthenon? Yeah, I'm gonna say, let's say Glacier? Hmm. And I think I sense that there's something deeper to your current powers, and I'm terrified of what it is. <laughs> Fuck, yeah! Alright. <laughs> cool. So now we just take these into our hands? Mm-hmm. Nope. So, to introduce the story, we're going to introduce the characters and the game's main mechanics. So, first... Draw a card from the deck into your hand to reflect on something that weighs heavy on your character's heart or mind. So I'll take mine, which is Rat King. Oh! Abandoning a sinking ship, amputating a necrotic limb. Extremely good. Um, God, you literally just used, like, oh. Oh, man. Oh, my God. This is, oh, my gosh. This is me cutting the flower out of my eye, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's what I'm up to. <laughs> that's what it, that's what weighs on my mind. Jeez. Um, okay, let's see. Grandmother's ring. Huh. An old grudge, a tepid piece, or a new partnership, a steady alliance. I think it's the top one. Um. So that that's that thing I gave you. Hmm. Is that what it is? I think in this case it might just be a, just a faction of anti-magic plant people. Excellent. All right, yeah, I'm going. I have to figure out how to click and drag. I never learned it. <laughs> Ooh, cool. that's a pretty card. Yeah, it looks excellent. Hmm. Well, I gotta rotate this. It's just, it's required. I can't not do it. Beginner's luck and old habit, a new scar. Well, this is very clearly the first time I've tried, like, orchestrating a cult, and it's going incredibly well. <laughs> sure is. Uh, and, like, I have an old habit of, like, taking things that are not mine from people who deserve them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's sort of like coming to bite me in the ass very soon. And uh, I can see it coming. And that's really it. Great. Take a card. So once everyone has reflected, we'll play a card from the Arbiter's deck. This is the call to action, which is Apprentice. Uh, Resentful, bullheaded, complacent, or bright-eyed, strong-willed, attentive, ambitious... Hmm. So there is there is something new that has entered the town. I feel like this is like sort of city scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know what it is, so I'm going to draw for it. <laughs> ha! Yes, absolutely. Oh my god, is it literally a vampire? Yes, it is. Oh, hell yeah. 
It is a clan of vampires who have come into town and who are showing everyone blood magic. Because so far, Great. we've been dealing with, like, flower magic. But they're yeah. like, we don't have to have that growing in us. We can just use the stuff we've already got. All this red stuff that's all up in us and use that instead. Mm. So the second step is engage the world by playing a card to describe how you entered the story. The camera pans down on your character. What are they doing? So, mm. so is that from your deck or from, from the deck? Uh, from your hand. All right. I've got one. Yeah, go for it. So snake oil. Uh, flip this around. Where should I put this? Just anywhere? Just anywhere on the board, yeah. Okay. I'm trying to get one of these plants in one of the vampires to see what happens. <laughs> nice. Great. Uh, <laughs> I, I would like Parthenon to go next. Because right. I want to go last. Okay. I'm also curious about whether or not this will work. Um, and I'm here to document. Ah, good. Well... I'm just going to play out a very simple card. Just like a very simple card. <laughs> hmm. All right. Yeah, no, I definitely have not shown myself, but definitely my cult is there, like mm. working their biz. So not a fan or? Uh, well, uh, we're defending the homeland from these terrible invaders is what mm. we're doing. Gotcha. They have beliefs which are not our own and which are a, frankly, an insult to our great god. So these two actions are the two fronts for storytelling, reflecting the interior character and engaging the exterior plot. On your turn, you can make one action. Reflect, draw a card from the deck into your hand, read the card aloud to the table, and use it to describe how the scene makes you feel or change. Whenever a player reflects, the Arbiter's deck takes a move. Or engage. To make something a canon part of the story, play a card on the board and describe how you act, what you say, or what details you add to the scene. To act on another player, you put the card into your hand. And there's a little handout in the thing that I made that is a cheat sheet to keep track of this stuff. Um, Red. Uh, da, 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 da. And then there's... So asking a question is a free action. You can ask anyone at any time about anything. Um, they don't have to play a card to answer, but if no one knows, they can draw for it from the deck. Once they've interpreted it, the card is shuffled into the Arbiter's deck. Now we will determine from what has just happened which event has been queued. To queue an event means to use character action or player prompting to indicate that you want to play next. When someone queues an event, starts a conversation, takes on a challenge, looks for something, that player decides on an event, then flips those two cards, crossing one over the other. The crossing card provides context or complications for the upright. We'll use these two cards to frame the scene. An event can be the focus of the story, additional details that round out facts already established, or simply the backdrop to a scene. And then we'll go around the table reflecting or engaging on the scene until it feels like it ends or another event is queued. We're going to queue events early and often. Um, mm -hmm. So, given that lore dump, <laughs> which event do we think has been queued by these vampires rolling into town? I don't know. I think we're probably going to get the other things first, like the on the floor level, and then we're going to zoom out and see the like the workings of the cult. Okay. I'm thinking maybe a trial, just as like yeah. as the testing thing. Yeah, me too. All right, great. A literal witch trial. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, which is during the trial, I, so I guess, I guess. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, good. So the two cards are Godless, a curious outsider, a wonderkind, or a paradigm shift, a loss of faith, a scientific impossibility, and Roman candle, glory and glamour, a dazzling display, a garish firework, or shock and awe, sound and fury, a mask slipping to reveal fangs. 
uh, can I just say that this is what's happening? Can I yeah. Just, can I just do that? Mm-hmm. Great. Excellent. Do you want to describe the scene? Yeah, of course. So the thing which is happening is that the vampires have rolled into town. We get like a small like offshoot of this industrial era looking town, cobblestone streets, uh, plumes of fire with no smoke in strange colors dot the skyline. And we can hear the chanting of a number of figures all wearing different sorts of clothing, but all uh, like having the same style, the same aesthetic to their clothing chanting angrily that you know we should we should burn them and they're not chanting anything specifically they're all yelling and shouting different things uh but there is a low chant of no gods no more and that's like sort of being drowned out by like personal insults we can see there is a boiling fury in the crowd of locals who are about to like attack these vampires horribly Like, just because they are walking the streets, people want to kill them, and it's terrible. Um... I imagine probably the example of that is that someone is being tied to a stake currently. Oh, like, so... one of them has been taken and is being tied to a stake. That's Yikes. Good. I'm gonna go with a shifted spotlight. Uh, I think that Parthenon moves through the crowd to the person that they've tied up, and lifting one hand sets the entire thing on fire, but as the kindle and the ropes burn away, the vampire descends unharmed, and this, like, green-blue flame flickers up into the sky, and I turn to the crowd with my, uh, I have, like, an eye patch on, and I, I rip it off to reveal the cut stem where the flower was once was, and I tell them that these are not your enemies. You know exactly who your enemy is. And they're not standing before you today. They are beneath you. They always have been. And I'm shifting the spotlight away from the vampire, at least onto myself. And I think the college shot here is I am challenging the crowd to a battle of power. If you truly want to meet out your petty emotions, uh, then come test it on me. Hmm. All right. Fight me, IRL. Yeah, great. Uh, I'm just gonna play this. I'm going to engage. And I think there's there's no thing which like communicates this other than like uh, the camera pans over to a small plant which is growing in between some like cobbled stones and it starts to grow incredibly quickly as though it were a time lapse. Mm-hmm. And people basically in the crowd begin to uh, feel, let's just flip this around real quick, uh, a mindless hunger. Oh great. Yeah, no, they are just, they are driven to terrible violence against you and these outsiders, just, like, instantly. Love it. They, they take you up on your offer. <laughs> beef or chicken? <sighs> All beef, no chicken. All beef. I'm gonna reflect, I'm gonna draw. Alright. Changeling, not blessing a mystery in question, just strange color, or a stranger behind a familiar face unpredictable and uncontrollable hmm how do i feel about this i think i see the plant growing i think i feel the hunger too and that makes me want to drink more Mm -hmm. of the potion and i think i feel not just the mad god's presence but something else hooray (laughs) and because you reflected the arbiter takes a turn Ooh, yes Fairy minstrel. 
a class divide, an unavoidable cost, a lock with a lost key, or a mysterious benefactor, a gold coin under a corpse's tongue. I'm feeling maybe the class divide here, the unavoidable cost. Yeah. I feel like there is sort of a um, difference in devotion, as it were. Um, And some of that is, like, personal choice, and some of that is a literal class divide. And that, like, Mm -hmm. not everyone can afford to have their faculties completely taken over by plants. And so I think there is a marked difference between these two progressions. Um, The people who who just have the flower in the eye, and um, the people who have the vines growing underneath their fingers and arms. Um, The thing that I'm going to do is mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to save that volcano for later. I think today <laughs> um, the um, master of statecraft, I think I'm using here. I reach out and I pull on the cobblestones themselves. I use the layout of the city itself against these cultists. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's just, I, I don't think there's like a rebuttal to that. I think that just works. Yeah. I think that's really dope, and that you're like a cool wizard who's fighting a literal god, and that's pretty... <laughs> I'm into that. Does your character have, like, a sick beard? A sick beard? I do like a good beard. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. It's red, but it's going silver, too. Ooh. Yeah. I love wizards, if that's not clear. <laughs> <laughs> Big aesthetic. So, Takuma or Hunter, is there something else you would like to do with the scene, or would you like to move on to a different event? Uh, I think there's a thing you can do to end the scene. I need to open up the cheat sheet again. Yes, there is the takeaway card. Um, ah, yes. Which, at the end of, of an event, asks this question to each player. What is your takeaway from this scene? Take a card from the event, or draw a card from the deck to describe it. This card goes into your hand. Great. So take a card from the event, or take a card from the deck? Mm-hmm. All right, that's awesome. I'm into that. Uh, I'm going to just draw for a takeaway, because, like, honestly, none of these are important to me <laughs> as a terrible eldritch being. I'm going to take Godless, because that's going to come in handy at some point. Absolutely take Godless. That's excellent. Ooh. Hmm. God. Maybe violence makes me sad and lonely. <laughs> oh, that's Fred. I'm going to take Leviathan. All right. Excellent. I like that. I felt something else there. Fantastic. <laughs> Wasn't good. Yes. That's part of your character now. Yes. I am in love with how this is going. This is excellent. Yeah, I think I'm just going to take... Oh, that's it. Yep, yep. I am violent and I'm becoming scared of myself. I have seen the history which I once had, the character, the humanity, etc. And it is draining away and being replaced with that basal hunger beneath which gives me great power and sustains my very being. Cool. So these get retired and they don't get played again. From here, which event do we feel like doing next? The Challenge Revelation. Yeah. Since you picked it, do you want to describe it, Takuma? Sure. Uh, hmm. Scissors was an artist's tool to sweeten and empower clarity and strength through friction, or making do for want of a horseshoe nail, aid promised but never awarded, or walkers, stilt-legged fishers, trembling giants, a long reach with a frail limb, or endurance hunters, steady pursuers, tireless trackers. I think it's that. Hmm. And it's, uh... It's zombies. It's it's fungal zombies. It's cordyceps. All right. Finally, so- something went wrong with these plants. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, I would like to do a thing immediately. Then 
So I can play a card from my hand, and that does a... Yeah, it's engage. All right, cool. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Uh, well, here's the thing. Uh, oh, God, my terrible god... This terrible god cult is attempting to funnel all of the fungal zombies into the ritual area to use for the harvest later. They're just literally going to bury them under the ground so that they can be used as sacrifices for the harvest. Wow. That's the plan. Mm. This has gone wrong, and uh, like the church is like, do not worry, we understand. <laughs> this is a sign from the great above. And then they just like try to like move these things, and there's like a small, like it's a bunch of townsfolk helping each other out, trying to avoid being eaten by terrible fungal zombies. And also moving these things into an area where they are contained and safe, which secretly forwards the plan of this terrible god. <laughs> okay. I literally cut the mushroom out of out of a zombie's eye and like stick it in the potion to see what happens. Oh my god. So can I can I do that? Can I can I narrate this? Sure. Alright, sorry, I just want to add a little bit of flair. Uh I think that that mixture is incredibly potent. Like it changes the color of the entirety of the terrible bottled Phoenix fire and uh, oh Phoenix wine, that's what it's called. I guess I'm engaging. That's is that what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. I should just play the card. And it also, like, you can hear a slow moaning groan, not from the cordyceps zombie, but from the glass. I'm going to reflect. Doctor, Hmm. a a tender heart, a steady hand, a strong stomach. Oh, Parthenon, no. Yes, Parthenon, yes. No. Oh, Parthenon thinks that they can save these people. Dumb, idiot, bastard, kid. Love. Oh, I hate it. All right, see what the arbiter does in this in this time. <laughs> cool. Uh, cool, 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 cool. That's bad blood. That's vitriol yeah. swallowed back by shame. A trap's jaws rusted shut. Or to drink from the same poison cup as your enemy. I I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna drink that thing. I'm gonna drink that thing, and then I'm gonna immediately vomit up slime mold. Oh. Uh, Yes! <laughs> Alright, well, I, I have a thing. Go for it. If you do it. Let's let's just rotate that. So, you, you do so, and uh, this, is, this is the same thing, just turn them all into terrible, terrible walkers. Oh god, this is, yep, this is exactly what this is. This is literally that someone was, like, given this fungus to cover their body in, in, like, patronage to the church, and uh, then it fell into a glass of this very same potion which you create, and now you're drinking from it, and now you're going to experience what happens when you do so. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's this. You drink it, and the first thing you realize is that uh, you're going blind. Cool. Cool and good. So, my plan right now is I'm going to steal myself and take the same knife with which I uprooted Armager's plant from my own body. And I'm going to try and save some people. I, I want to get your consent before I, I try anything, but I wonder if Rowena is one of those people. Yeah. Yeah. I think something slightly different happens after you've treated her, but yeah, no, I, I think she needs help. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Can we also just, like... Can I narrate a scene with this, uh, a secret uncovered, like, in the windfall? Yeah, go for it. So yeah, uh, you're going blind. We get the cutaway to Parthenon, like, operating on you, like, hours later. 
And uh, then we go back into this terrible black space. And uh, you can see that all around you, there are a series of flowers, like, blanketing the ground. There's no light that comes from above. It is as though it is, it is a new moon. You're just in this, like, endless field of flowers. And you can see, like, there's a couple other people walking around here. And then you can see, a, in the distance, a white fire. Just a pillar going all the way up into heaven. So what, what would you do in such a circumstance? <laughs> uh, can we call that a vision and go to that event? Yes. Cool. Uh, yes. Grab our takeaway cards and then go into that. I'm going to take Tender of Blooms because... Damn. Right. Mm-hmm. I think wrangling the stuff is going to be important. I'm going to take Walkers because I think the fact that these can exist and, like, be instruments of my divine will is important to me now. Like, I just have to figure out how to use them. Because <laughs> right now all they are is instruments of my divine hunger. And that's not interesting. I'm going to draw fun. a card. Flood, burning reservoirs, high tide, and outpour ridges or constant rainfall, hair trigger landslides, a valley submerged. Hmm. I think I feel extremely powerful here. Great. Well, you are. Congratulations. <laughs> God. Oof. Can I just say a little bit what that means? I think having your character be a conduit of divine energy more aptly and more readily than all of these other people is important. <laughs> so, like, you've gotten it before, just when you had a lot of mana, you were, like, able to, like, hear the voice of this terrible god. But that now you are straight up understanding their will and stuff <laughs> all the time. He's cool! <laughs> I love... Wow. Oh, Takuma, this is yours top to bottom. Take it yep, away. Yep, go. Take it oh, away. Oh my god. Yeah, I think it's the nightmare recurring terror, dreams of hellfire, lightning striking the steeple. You were dreaming about the glacier, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I feel all this power surging through me. I see this fire. I start walking towards it through these flowers. And then behind me, I feel cold. I feel my joints aching. I feel hungry and tired. And I can't look behind me, but it's getting colder every second. I'm going to play the Leviathan here. I think I realized that there shouldn't be life here. Or this, this is the whole like, oh, why should there be life as opposed to no life? And this is like where it hits me with this like never ending cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I have to play a card to have my character like speak? Or is that just to make a thing canon? Um, yeah, if it feels important, you should play a card to support it. Okay, great. Excellent. Well, this is very clear. Mm-hmm. Just a very simple walk forward. And you just hear that, and it sort of echoes from the entire, like, world you're in around you, but not from behind you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, did you say something specific there, or just make a, a cool... Um... Uh, sorry. It was walk forward, my stall. Oh. Swift. Uh, but it's... I can't really, like... It's hard to be as gravelly as I can while also <laughs> being like able to be heard and understood by human ears. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hashtag just bad god problems. Yeah. <laughs> just bad god things. Oh shit. Um, oh no. <laughs> I'm finding it really hard to concentrate and I need like a song to like focus on. So I just start singing this thing that popped into my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just an old song your grandma taught you. Sing to myself. And, uh, Great. Well, it's very clear. I mean, we've already played the Leviathan, so I can't play it again. I'll tell you 
what does come along is you start singing it and uh. the cold behind you starts to sing with you. <laughs> Alright, great. Can, can we do the end of this now? <laughs> because I think that's a very clear message that we have just set up with that scene. Sure. I think you might be able to, like, turn and, like, see the face of the Mad God, which is this, like, uh, first of all, they're made of, like, blistering white fire, which is important. They have a sick beard. Uh, their form is otherwise, like, rather rotund and, like, effeminate. And they are just this terrible being who stands over this, like, pillar of white fire and is currently, like, moving something around in the fire, which you cannot see because it's, it's blinding white. All of the flowers and stuff just turns to blackness, and it just sort of fades towards the white fire. And it, then the mad god just turns around. And you can see their terrible, terrible face—the spirit of white fire. And that's me taking back the star. Sorry, was that the pillar of fire ahead or the cold behind? Uh, the mad god is in the pillar of fire ahead. Okay. The cold behind is the other one, the one yeah. that's sick. Um, I'm gonna take the lonely aria because you have reminded this old dark of the tomb. Oh fuck, can I just- oh my god. Are you like for real singing that like in the chair being operated on? Oh, ooh. Oh, yeah, that's probably. That's probably. Terrifying. Oh, god. Uh, <laughs> I'm god, imagine you're like- good. Excellent, I'm glad you've done that. <laughs> so that was the vision. Oh jeez. I messed up because I forgot to bring the desire cards into play, but just know that these are in, in play now. Um, and I feel like, I feel like, you know what, that aligns pretty nicely because, um, using the song in the chair has given it both to Parthenon and to the cold goddess. And I think this is the avenue with which you'll be able to get your desire to survive all of this. So, um, mm. when desire cards come up like this, they become available for their player to earn. So at the end of an event, if you feel like you've narratively earned it, you can take this card. Okay. Yeah, you should both take those. I don't think I've I've mastered it yet. All right, nope. So next, getting game, there. Yeah, we have a cataclysm, a gift, a conversation, an ultimatum, or an invitation or a wager. Can we do a conversation? Sure. Actually, hmm, I think this. Mm, yeah, let's do a conversation between the two of y'all. All right. Is what I would love to see. I would also, by the way, can I just say, just like retconning this in. Uh, I would love it if, like, the vampires are not outright stated to be vampires at any point. Okay. That's just... They were just weird outsiders with weird new magic. You know, just to center the story more around on this weird thing that's happening. Sure. Yeah, cool. Sorry, that's it. So these are good. <laughs> yeah. We have unicorn, beautiful and territorial, horn dripping with poacher's blood, or rare and wondrous, skittish frame stilled with a calm touch. And the grave, closure gained, last words spoken, the end of an era, or a devastating loss of bone healed wrong. Um, this is for you two, because I have an idea. I don't want to say it. Uh, I think this is the bone healed wrong. Um, I think that the surgery goes accordingly, but the healing isn't happening the way I, th I thought it was going to. Mm. And I think the way that this manifests is that the roots and the leaves and flowers of um, the plant that you've been tending are petrified now. They're like petrified wood. Huh. <laughs> okay. Now, is that the plant that's been happening inside their body, or...? Yeah. Oh. 
But I think that what I posit to you is that the plants were only ever a conduit, if that. And the thing about your current state, well, not ideal, I'll admit, is that it has turned your body into a very specific conduit. And this can be incredible and also incredibly destructive. Um, the Great. horn dripping with poacher's blood and rare and wonders. Ooh. So I'll leave the like specifics of what that magic is up to you. Um, I- I'm very curious. I have ideas, but I, again, do not want to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, let's play this. And a river babbling in a familiar voice, muffled words without meaning. I think before, I realized that we were so obsessed with these plants that we weren't listening to anything else. And at first, I think everything's gone extremely quiet. And then I sit for a while and listen. And everything has a voice. Everything is speaking to me. Everything has this innate power. And I've just realized that no one has thought to access it except me at the moment. So is this you, like, learning to draw on the power of the Mad God? Because that would be cool. I think it's it's partially, oh, there is this, and then there's also these other things that aren't just the Mad God. Oh, okay, dope. Yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. Excellent. That's what I was hoping for, actually. There's both. Yeah, there's these there's these two two twin spirits, you know? There's lots just, of in the world. Just two twin stars in orbit, inseparable partners, <laughs> a, a whole greater than the sum of its parts, you know? Just, just those. Just those. I think it's kind of both of these actually to sort of add detail to what you're hearing i think the more you listen the louder and more complex the voices become and the sort of thrumming bass note below it all is like a like the lowest c that you could even register and when you tune into it you feel numb because of how how cold it feels to hear. And you recognize it as the same cold as was in your vision. And you can you, you can kind of feel it's you can feel it move. But it's like it's the slow movement of a glacier, you know? This is the same movement as the tectonic plates moving. It's destination you won't see in your lifetime or your children's lifetime. But its movement cannot be stopped. Yeah, it's this extremely like low note, and at the same time, it's almost it's almost too low to hear. Like it's a it's a feeling. I can feel it in my chest, like in my bones, more than I can hear it with my ears, you know. And I think that feeling, I I can harness it, and it's incredibly painful. And I can feel the like last bits of plant or whatever, like dying out, like crumbling to dust inside of me. Oh, I think as you're doing that, as you're like listening and hearing and understanding uh i'm just gonna drop this on yeah Mm. (laughs) it's it's still everywhere inside of you it's still there as the song roots it out as the plants dry up and die they spring back to life elsewhere you are by using this terrible magic uh slowly killing yourself as the plant eats away at your flesh to escape the terrible cold I think I bleed green now. Yep. 
This is terrifying. <laughs> so I do I don't have the doctor anymore. What I do have is Rat King. <laughs> which is amputating a necrotic limb. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sure is. Are you going to amputate the entirety of this human being's body? <laughs> is that what you're doing? <laughs> um I think this will be a process. Um, I have a couple of cards that I want to play in order to do so, but I can't. I can't play more than one card at one at once. Um, so we'll sort of take it step by step. Which is, I'm going to sing the lonely aria. Um, actually, no, I'm going to use tender blooms. Hey, guess what? It came in handy. Um, <laughs> and I feel like I feel like we are in my lab, but I have a bunch of like potions that I bought from you. Um, mm-hmm. And I have the potion that you've been ge- been selling to everyone, which is to uh, to amplify and feed the plant itself. And I have like a counter to that that I've developed. Oh, I think the counter is just the song. Um, like... Well, it's in in combination with it. Um, oh yeah, dope. There's the song, and it's probably like the song probably has elements of it, like the lyrics being like the, the birch leaves falling, and the the potion has birch leaves in it. Uh, so I am using this to drive the plants into, like, a limb, right? Like, a one of your hands, maybe. Yeah. So, that's my move, uh, and someone else should go, and then I can... Can we do takeaway? Can we sure. Move to, can we move to a wager? Oh, sure, no. yeah. I, love I was gonna do one more thing. Alright, yeah. do it. Go for it, yeah. I'm going to say changeling, and so, like, as you're trying to drive this plant into one arm, and I'm reaching into this deeper power, it it's still a plant, but it, I think it changes to, like, lichen Ooh. in one arm. And I can feel myself turning into stone and ice, and my blood freezing. Oh, wow. You said stone. Fuck. <laughs> God. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Excellent. So many. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. uh, Under the veneer of impassive stone is fragile flesh. First in sand. (laughs) Wow. You know exactly what's happening. You just straight up appear to turn to stone, but you're still alive and breathing and etc. under there. Sure am. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, it's really rough. It's incredibly rough. It's almost (laughs) as if we're dealing with some terrible old magics. Almost. (laughs) Whoops. Shouldn't have done that. It's almost as if you're tapping somehow into the curse which sealed me ages ago. Oops. Whoops. Mm. Whoops. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yeah, great. Uh, There we go. That's it. That's all I'd like to say. Time is a flat circle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. Oh, man. I kind of... I want to... So I'm going to play Rat King no matter what. But my question is, do I play it here or do I play it in the wager? Which is like, this Mm. might work. Play it in the wager, please. Okay. I want. I would love that right. very much. Let's take some takeaway cards then. Um, I want tender blooms. I'm taking it. It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna draw one. Fortuity. Hey. Ooh. I think a nasty yeah. surprise is probably the best one. If I'm honest. Yeah. Hmm. I'm gonna take stone soup. No, Good. I'm gonna take a changeling. That's what I'm gonna take. Ooh, that's ah, good. Okay. Yeah, cool. I'm gonna say I feel like I'm alive through luck, but I don't know whether that's good or bad yet. <laughs> Great, fair. 
That's a very good reading of that card. Let's do a wager. Ah. Oh, good. Oh, good. That card is just white. It's just white. (laughs) Just a blank void. Oh, it shouldn't be empty. Oh, a well-weathered curse. That's exactly what's happening here. (laughs) Okay. I have an idea. And Mm -hmm. I'm just going to throw Rat King down now. Um, Because it's related. God, an acquired taste is wild here. Um, mm-hmm. So we've driven the Mad God's Curse into your hand, and I can see clearly the lichen as uh, as your body like crackles over into stone, and I think... as the other corruption takes over. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Rowena. Um, I take like a chisel, and I'm like, well, I'm gonna go through with the plan anyway. And oh my god. I, I take off the arm, or not the, not the like, full arm, but, like, the hand, probably, and the mid-arm, like, here. Um, yeah. And inside, it is hollow. There is just, like, a wind that comes through. This, like, frigid wind from inside of this, Great! this statue of Rowena. What a fun time! <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> That's what Ooh. I can tell. Hey, uh, can I also say that, uh, well, hello, my star. Mm. You wake up, and you're in you're in the, the spooky place again, and it's just the fire this time, and you can see endless stars around you in every direction, except for the fire. And because of the forge, this uh, terrible plume of white fire, you can tell exactly where you are and where the floor is, and so it's not super disorienting. But, you know, if you were to turn around, you'd be terrified. Mm. Which, you know, maybe you are. Uh, it is impossibly cold around you. We are surrounded by the frost of a glacier, but you cannot see it. It is black as ice and the space between stars. Hmm. The Mad God is just going to appear to you in another vision. They just flip over the thing they're making, and they uh, look at it, and they go, <clears throat> and then they pull it slowly out of the fire, and you can see it's your hand. Hmm. Like your fleshy hand. Hmm. <laughs> And it drips mm. with sand as it comes out of the white fire. Cool. And then, uh, yeah, they just say... And uh, slowly place it down, like, to the side. And you can see as it, like, melts into the floor with its heat, uh, there's a steam which arises. The steam is also black. Mm. You can see it by the absence of light. I'm gonna reflect. You know? That's, that's, a, that's a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I love this game. Shit. (laughs) I'm gonna go with a cold snap. Mm. A moment in time. Suspended in frost. I think I do look behind me. (laughs) Ooh. Yep. And these stars, I mean, it it feels like my vision expands to, you know, forever. It Mm -hmm. It does. That is the truth. It does. Yes. I feel so alone. I feel so alone. God, what is, what is the point of anything, right? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Oof. I think the mad god is going to attempt to comfort you. Um, oh my god. <laughs> so, uh, having reflected, the arbiter takes a turn. Yeah. Yes. Well, let's let's see what happens first. Um, <laughs> incredible. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that this is. This is like the feeling of reaching out into the void and finding nothing, but I think that 
as you begin to despair, you feel this distant optimism of each star crying out, I'm alive, I exist, I'm alive, I exist, I'm alive, I exist. <laughs> also, real quick, can I just say something? Just because it, it popped in my head and I'll never know it again. Sure. Uh, each one of those stars is a plume of white fire. It is the same plume of white fire, just reflected from a different angle. Hmm. Every single one of those stars. It's all the mad god. Interesting. Yep, but yeah, you can you can feel that yeah, there's there's warmth here. You are alive. Here you are. But yeah, they're also from different points in time where different people had walked have like had meetings. This is a terrible space you're in. I apologize. <laughs> not having a good time. Ooh. It's not Ooh. great. Oh. This was this is an invitation or a wager, as a reminder. This is an invitation, yeah. let's be very clear. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just do a thing then? If you're cool. Yeah, go for it. All right, great. I would just like to play the second son. So the mad god walks over to you. They uh, put their very like large, giant-sized hand on your shoulder gently. Say, "You are destined for greater things than this. Your life means so much more to them than any of ours." And, like, they just wait for you to turn around or, like, show any emotion. And they're going to attempt to comfort you in their weird, detached, I am a god with infinite being way. Mm. They're going to attempt to welcome you into their arms so that you will trust them later. This is a terrible manipulation on their part. I cannot stress this enough. Oh, well. (laughs) Oh, well, what the hell? (laughs) Hey, look at that. Hey, look at that. Hey, look at that. Uh Uh-huh. So, which part of this are you playing is my question. It's an acceptance of existing, I guess. That's a good thing to do. And of the mad god. Good. Something feels wrong, but like this is this feels like my only choice, even though it feels wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with that. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, actually, I would I would like you to end the scene. Me? I think, yeah, Parthenon would probably like wake somebody up. Sure. That's probably the thing. Yeah. I just really like both the cards that I have, and I know exactly how I'm going to play them, and so I would like to not get rid of them, please. Hmm. Um, Okay. When you come back to the world, I don't think you come back to Parthenon. I think you come to outside of the summoning place, which I'll put here, probably. No, I think that's still uh, a curious outsider, a wonderkind. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe you would want to keep that and draw from the main deck. Also an option. I don't know. I could you sorry, what? Uh I was thinking that you you know, you might be able to keep that and drop on the main deck if you wanted to save that for later. That is also an option. Just to like get some information on where the FP unless you have an idea specific. Oh yeah, we can we can draw for <laughs> Jesus Christ. Merchants, bureaucratic bottle deck, a factory boss the company store, or locus of commerce purveyor of goods. This is absolutely the heart of where all of these seeds were. Um, and this is also the, it's the place where you go and get your, your plant, the place where you come and get the supplies to foster that plant. And uh, as, as Hunter described before, this steel Stonehenge, right? Like this, Mm -hmm. but it's almost like a factory line. And while we were in, in the cool, like, vision space and doing surgery and, and whatnot, enjoying ourselves, the church, I think, has been settling in and arranging what needs to be arranged for the summoning to happen. 
God, the cataclysm is happening on accident. Oh, wow. This is the worst. I hate it. I love it. <laughs> so... Also, can I just say that, like, the place where the seeds come from is, like, the center of this terrible uh, space henge? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's just a tiny little flower garden, and it's, like, fresh soil and fresh seeds, and they're growing slowly, and then you pluck them out of there into your body, and that's where the rest of the Stonehenge is. Like, seeds, they're further along. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I'm taking goblins back. Uh, <laughs> it's coming into fashion. I can feel it. Oh, God, I really want to take uh, so many good ones. <laughs> gonna, I want I'm the star, but Ooh. also I want second sun. Ooh. You could have one. What'd you get? I'm thirsty for cards! <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be a wilting flower crown. A dubious honor, a sickly and desperate faith. Sure is a game. Sure is a game. Sure is a game we're playing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Great. In that case, I'm going to take the second sun. I will retire all these. And oh boy, that cataclysm. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Which brings up the desire of both the mad god and the world. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Ooh. The first spring thaw. Thermal updraft, a warm embrace. Oh god, it's cold and rainy outside, and when the ritual starts, that just stops. That just straight up stops. Mm-hmm. It becomes suffocatingly humid, like the inside of a greenhouse. A crackling fire, a hot meal, a roof overhead, comfortable silence. Closing doors, turning a blind eye, keeping your head low, weathering the storm. Outside, uh, we get that fantastic temperature differential. Which just makes a, a straight up tornado outside. This area becomes the eye of the storm, and outside everything is just going to shit. Um, yeah, and so people are evacuating into this eye of the storm, which is a magically warded, like, terrible space henge. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play the magician, and oh, I'm listening to this ritual, and I'm listening to the wind outside, and it has a voice, and I'm trying to think of what what I need to do to make this work, all the while the wind is telling me not to, to ruin it. Great. Uh, I would like to play a card. You can hear a second voice in the wind, shouting at it in anguish. You are not able to make out the words, but it sounds like the growing of roots and the cracking of old stone. Mm-hmm. Outside. I think this is Parthenon walking through the storm and singing. They stop just shy of the eye, and the wind steals the song from their voice, but you can hear it, and that's that's why they're singing it. How strange, how strange, the wind knows your name. <laughs> Alright, can I draw from the main deck really quick? Yeah, go for it. Just to see, like, the general state of being after arguing with my terrible sister. <laughs> Huh. Hmm. Oh. Oh, that's how I feel about it. Uh, well, it's made very obvious how I feel about it by an oracle. I'll take that back into my hand. This is happening. I. It has been done by the future, and then I'm going to draw onto the main thing just to see what's what the deck is doing. God, is this a literal cursed sword? Yeah. <laughs> is someone literally going to get stabbed with a literal cursed sword? God, was was Armature Statue carrying a stone sword that they have, like, Pulled out. Oh, one hundo. Oh, oh. Yeah. 
Dope. That's exactly what their wow. name is, by the way. Air name is, excuse me. Fucking entrusted to heraldic arms. Oh my god. So yeah, uh, somebody's removing the stone sword from the grasp of Armager, who has let it go. The hands of the statue have slowly been peeled back mm. in this warmth. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> One second. Oh boy. I know what I'm doing, which is mm-hmm. the sacred tenant ridiculed a grim bond forged without kindness or warmth, which is that the boundaries of the storm are closing in. And there is now a, a firm divide between the people who are already here and the people in the storm still. And that low, low, low sea is starting to reverberate in the people of the storm in their chests. And you can see the, like, the stone start to creep across their bodies um, in the same way that it did for Rowena. And they rise off of the ground, filled with this, this cold wind. They intend to destroy the machine, the pillars mm. that hold them back. Oh, jeez. That's not great. Blizzard uh, time. God, can I just can I narrate something, by the way, about the Cursed Sword? Because I, I didn't really like narrate it a bunch. Sure. I would just like to say. Uh, so yeah, they, they have taken uh, one of the most like devoted, this person uh, covered entirely in these vines, uh, wearing like a sacred shawl to cover their face. It is pulled back to reveal what was young once like a beautiful young man uh and he's now like covered in these vines he looks a veritable monster and yeah they pull out this cursed sword he is like kneeling in the pose which he has been in like the entire time these vines have grown around him in the middle of the circle they plunge the sword into his back and then a small white fire erupts from the seedlings around him that's all i'd like to say just that just that little thing just that little thing (laughs) outside the the tornado it's turned into a blizzard and there's just snow drifting to the ground, like piling up actually. And these like people turning to stone, wading through it towards this pillars, these ancient steel pillars. And the wind should be howling. Like you can put your hand out and feel it, but you can't hear a thing. But yeah, as that happens, uh, yeah, you can hear the mad god screaming that this should have been my time. <laughs> This was all I needed. Oh, buddy. Again, sister, you rebuke me. And then I think we're just going to have some walkers start repeating exactly what the Mad God is saying. Mm. And like everyone can hear it. And it's just like this terrible being uh, just being very sad and angry. And uh, yeah, they can hear the like the anguish of their God. Hmm. They they begin to like all of the walkers, all of these uh, fungal zombies who were led here, buried in the ground. It begins to resonate with this one voice. Air voice just comes out. I... That's uh oh, go ahead. Uh, well, I'll just remind you that this is the last event, and this is where we play our Atropos when you're ready. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, but if you have something <laughs> you wanted to do, to me, you absolutely should. Um. I just felt it was the appropriate time for this. Yep. Um, a wilting flower crown, a dubious honor, a sickly and desperate faith. I think I reach down to touch the flowers and like I can feel them dying. Mm. And it doesn't feel like I can do anything to change that. But do you try? I think I reach out to touch it with my, my stone hand. And it just makes it worse. I think there are priests around... I think that this heat begins to ignite 
faster. As you begin to lose faith, this storm is pushed back by a bloom of hearth. The warmth all around you begins to become smothering almost. And then you can see the blooms under you, the blooms in every one of these worshippers, the blooms in the common folk who live and work in this town and have sought shelter here begin to grow ever faster. It is occurring. This is what is happening. I am here and I am tending the blooms, and that is all I am doing at this point. I have not made any other moves. Aha. Aha. The Mad God's voice has turned from, like, shouting angrily at her sister to just being sad. <laughs> to just, like, being sad and saying, let me tend to my garden. The world is yours. And then that not occurring, and then, like, the warmth getting more fervent. Hmm. And the humidity, etc. Yeah, I'm going to take this back, and I'm going to do something else. Um... <laughs> okay, so... Hmm. The wind outside digs into the ground and tunnels beneath the earth and scoops up the entirety of the ritual area um, beneath all the Please, it's called Space Henge? Sorry, sorry, beneath Space Henge. <laughs> and, um, and pulls it up out of the earth. The rootless and efficient is... The storm tightens, and instead of being this thing ravaging the entire town... The wall of the storm around the eye becomes denser and denser and, like, physically thinner and thinner um, until it is a dense wall of force more than it is wind. Mm -hmm. And the goddess's reply is like a concession almost. Like, yes, you can have your little garden. Well, great. Well, then uh, the, the ritual continues as, as before, but now everyone is going to be destroyed directly <laughs> afterwards. Great. Wonderful. Having a great time. Well, you've been, like, contained within this orb of... Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, of ice, basically. Hey, look, it's just a slightly larger prison. <laughs> that's, that's, all, that's all I was asking for. It's got, it's got some more people for. in it. Um, I think I tried to push through. And, like, I can feel it grinding down my, like, being. But I think I get through. Yeah. Just me. With a handful of seeds. <laughs> oh, into the into the outside, or? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Cool. I have to ask. Did it work? <laughs> uh, this is, like, Parthenon asking, just, like, in awe of watching Rowena emerge. What do you look like right now? Like... You were like you left behind like a hollow stone. So what do you look like now? I think I look like glass. Ooh. So we talked a lot about sand and stone and grinding and away and heat. Yeah. Like a sandy glass. Ooh. Yeah. Did it work? <laughs> sure did. Now I can take my desire. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to take my desire also. Yeah. I think, like, yeah, this is just happening. I have acquired this. I would also like to find out how I feel about this. That's cool. Sure. Like to reflect. Like, yeah. this is, oh. Uh, <laughs> stubborn roof anchored into a cliff, reaching wide and winding deep. Oh, God, I don't, I think I don't want, like, my sister to take this from me. I don't want it. Okay, so the seeds that you're carrying in your hand burst forth with life and uh, begin to, like, dig and grapple uh, this floating dome into the earth. 
that's a, this is a this is a great show of godly power, and I'm I'm using your body to go do it. So. Well, you're using the seeds in in Rowena's yeah. hand. I'm not sure that you're using her body. Yeah, no, yeah. Sorry, I'm using you as a conduit for the power. The power goes in seeds. Yeah, I have something for that. Great. <laughs> yeah, I think it's all come around to. I don't. I don't think you are right in that there should be growth everywhere. But I think there is a reason to tend to life and to try to make it survive. And I'm going to go do this thing. That's my atropos, then. Resurgence of life, nature, reclaiming abandoned places. The sort of, um, the extension of roots down and up from the hole in the ground that uh, was excavated. And as this, like, tree almost creeping up and around the storm prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to find the tree which uh, grows in the desert. I don't know what it's called. But it, it's all like warped and gnarled and covered in spiky thorns, as though it had been hit by a blizzard, even though it's nowhere near blizzards. Hmm. I don't like know what this tree is called. The Methuselah tree? I've Googled it. I'm looking. That's not the right one. Oh, no, it is the right one. Yes, it is the right one. Hey. <laughs> hey. Words. Appreciate. So, yeah, uh, I think there's just a giant one of these. That's just the image popping into my head. Yeah. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, we put you in a, in a hexus tree. Very good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play my Atropos. Yeah. There is this balance now that I, I don't think I understood until now of these two sides. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to side with either one, but I'm going to make sure that both survive. Mm. I'm going to maintain the balance. Twin stars in orbit. Awesome. <sighs> I think that, yeah, this is when, like, the trickster god just, like, straight up appears, like, takes corporeal form. This brilliant white light attempts to, like, leave the tree. (laughs) So, yeah, that's what's happening. Okay. Well, we have both played our Atropos cards, so we're not going to be playing from our hand anymore. Yeah. Um, All right, cool. So it'll, it's up to the Arbiter now. It's the, it's the world. Mm. How does the world react? Ooh. Huh. Bridge, a stable connection, a thoroughfare, a mountain hollowed, or a choke point, a shortcut, rope and wood haphazardly lashed. Hmm. This is y'all's choice. Hmm. I would like to say it's haphazard, but... Yeah. I have an idea, which is that when you appear, your followers, as overcome by your, your power, even as they are, to face you is terrifying. And... <laughs> They scrabble at the walls of the storm mm-hmm. and are looking for a sh- like a shortcut, a way out. Great. Well, uh, twofold. As has been seen before, this has happened already. As, as I narrated way earlier in the game, mm-hmm. the seers are just like, their bodies are becoming overgrown and the plants are literally like eating away at their flesh. It's like the scene in Indiana Jones where the guy melts, except mm-hmm. instead of melting into a puddle of flesh, there's just like flowers coming out of the bones. Mm. Like more and more of the skin peels away and just like a few roots. And then as the rest of the skin falls away and their bones like clatter and like scrape against the walls, uh, they're covered in flowers. And it's uh, it's a macabre scene. And uh, we've seen it before. Mm. Uh, but I would, I would like to... Sorry, the uh, Arbiter's deck agrees. <laughs> 
great. And I think that these oracle plants reach out and restrain and reclaim the followers trying to escape. God, that's the worst. But also the best. And the canopy picking off the weak and abandoned. Oh! <laughs> Alright, cool. I would like to play my Atropos. <laughs> Alright. I think the thing that happens is that the Mad God attempts to leave, attempts to, like, use this opening they have been clawing for, mm-hmm. just, like, digs their hands into this wall of, like, wood and just peels it apart, takes a step out and, like, attempts to face Air Sister and just gets torn to shreds and there is blackness Hmm. all of the fire that was inside is gone (sighs) they attempt to in one last last act of rebellion like you know cause some amount of harm to their sister and they are destroyed by the inevitability of uh, everything great so the mad god is dead uh this town is left in darkness and everyone basically is dead so (laughs) Now there's just this huge, like, strange mythic tree, which opens a portal to an other world, which is entirely empty. So... <laughs> Woo! That reminds us with Rowena, the glass witch. Uh, the glass witch. Oh Parth- god, the glass witch is still there. Fuck. Parthenon and their people of the storm, um, with their stone bodies and their whistling cold voices. And this incredible tree in the center just beyond the leaves of the canopy and beyond the cold winds um, that consumed them, you can see the arms of the people inside trying to escape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Poor town has had just the worst of it. Yeah. Uh, wait, sorry. I narrated the thing earlier, but I, wanna, I have the idea of what the harm was. Can I sure. just do that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry to retcon so much. Uh, so yeah, I think they just grab the magic sword. They like walk outside with their like ancestral sword, which is like a, a weapon used for gods, uh, yeah. about gods. And they cleave into the storm and the two gods like meet at a head and they are both destroyed. That's it. Sorry. I had an image of my in my head of this like spooky wintry lady just attacking the mad god as we have described them and then uh, they both just vanish. They cancel each other out entirely. I think it leaves behind just the sword mid-blow that is just, like, streaked with ice. Mm-hmm. Um, Hell no. Yes! So, yeah. Um, we can take an epilogue card, which our characters and world have changed over the course of the adventure. The epilogue card describes how. Um, so we can take that from the top of the stacks or from the deck. Stone Soup is the clear winner for, for Parthenon. Um. <laughs> well, I get darkness draw. back. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not. There's nothing left of armature. It's just darkness. I also God. Like... Ooh. Oh my God. What would you get? Gold-hearted thief, lover of justice, defiler of law. <gasps> oh, that's exquisite. Fuck. I also God, like... I can't wait for the bandit witch queen. The bandit witch queen of the frozen wastes. <laughs> Hooray. I wanted to add one last detail. The inverse of darkness is shadows cast on the cave wall. If now a stranger climbs up that tree and peeks into the rift torn by Armager in their last moments, they can see the story of what happened here in the shadows cast by their torch. Oh my god. That's been a will. It's a very good game. I need to own it now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Once I find a date to play it, I will buy it. 
Also, I've sent it to my friend Lucas, who I think has already bought it. So <laughs> I might not need to buy it already. Anyway. Excellent. So. I have been Sasha. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sasha underscore Rennell. You can find this game at tinyurl.com slash spindlewheel-openbeta. And you can follow my game design at TCabbage. And I've been joined by Hunter. Hello, I'm Hunter. I'm no longer the Mad God. This is a burden lifted off of my shoulder. <laughs> uh, I make video games on the internet. Check out my Sketchfab. Hell yeah. And Takuma, who composed the two tracks in this episode, Old Stone, New Ice. I have been Takuma, and also just the best witch um, <laughs> at Takuma underscore Okada underscore on Twitter. And actually, I have a Twine game with a similarly cool witch in it. Yeah. At, at one point that I need to finish, but you know it's it's playable. The wit the witch line is playable. So if you want more cool witches involving me, that's where to find it. <laughs> this has been a game for the non-binary TTRPGmon. Um, you can find out more about that on Twitter at non-binary TTRPGm. Thank you very much for joining us, um, and have a wonderful rest of your Saturday. Bye. Bye. See ya.